Welcome to episode 370 of the Styron Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again by my currently asphyxiating co-hosts, Peter and Jake. It's the, the air be bad up here. Vision of the <laughs> cast. <laughs> Water. That's the, the force choke edition of the cast. Darth Vader sponsoring. That's been, that's been a weirdly uh, cogent theme between you and I lately, Peter. Which... Ref- just references to Darth Vader oh. and interactions with other people. Oh, I see. We've we've gone over to the dark side, ladies and gentlemen. You can see from the attire. Your your devotion to that ancient religion will be your undoing. Something, something. But don't worry, <laughs> guys. Quote. You can go outside and you can breathe it. I, I just heard on the latest on Fox News, it said... These ratings for air quality, they literally mean, like, nothing. Like, it it was just fear-mongering built up by the CDC and, like, air particle. Like, at this point, there's, like, particulates in the air, but, like, that does, that's, like, they're they're inconsequential. They're they're just little tiny pieces of carbon. It's actually, this is actually COVID. What people don't (laughs) realize is that. They're burning COVID trees and fanning the flames down, down over, across the border. What people don't realize is like we're mostly carbon. So if anything, all this particulates that we're inhaling into our lungs is probably making us more human. And so we just had a massive uh, rainfall here. And now I am proud to say that our region of New York has now moderate air quality. (laughs) See, it's already happened, though. But, um, you know, what? as you said, uh, smoke is made out of carbon. What else is made out of carbon? Graphite. What is graphite good for? Conduction. All right? And what do you want to conduct over an entire statewide over the air? That's Wokeism. right. 5G waves. Well, I was going to say the woke mob. Is it, is it the woke they're mob? Shoot, for they're going to shoot woke where, energy across the, across the smoke via the 5G wave. We're all going to connect the hive mind like it's the end of Evangelion. We're all going to melt into Tang and become the super being. But... But but how do chemtrails factor into all this? Mm, mm, mm. It's all the, well, the, the trails are going down from Canada. I I they <laughs> haven't stopped flying planes, so I believe the chemtrails. These are like this must be where they're they're testing new chemtrails to interact with this with this Canadian uh, socialist smoke that is coming down. Um, Smokeless. <laughs> Who wants to give everyone access to yeah. healthcare? Their free healthcare, and uh, I don't even know. Does Canada legalize weed? Is this? Are we? Sh- um, are we sure this just I isn't f- pot smoke? In certain, in certain uh, provinces, yes. Are they just smoking us out? Are they trying to hotbox the U.S.? The U.S.'s hat is trying to get us a contact high. I know, Kurt. Have you ever seen the scene in um, End of Evangelion where everyone turns into Tang? Why would I have seen that, Peter? Oh, <laughs> what, people turn into Tang? In, just in the, in the hemisphere <laughs> with 5G waves. I, You know I've never seen the Evangelion. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the jerk-off scene. That, was... that comes after everyone. Oh, I should have known. All I know is that there's like Evangelion must be fucking wild because 
there's like 90 different fucking themes it seems in the show there and they're all in there like every time someone says something crazy about evangelion they they can produce a clip <laughs> to back up its existence it's, and I, I just don't understand how it all works together to be a coherent I, show. I can't I, I did watch the original series when I was a teenager and I should probably go back and take another look. Um because yeah, no, I um it trying to piece together the show from the clips, no shot. I no shot. So there's um uh there's a priest on TikTok that is really into anime and he he started a series where he dissected each episode of Evangelion and mm. pointed out all the biblical references because apparently it is extremely biblical in how it references like angels and angelic beings. Right. So in the same way should be clear that the author's intent was to reference all the Christian stuff in the same way that like I don't know, Final Fantasy references North mythology. Like, oh, here's Yggdrasil. Cool. Well, they do that. That's actually a pretty prominent theme in uh, Japanese media, at least. Yeah. Because uh, Christianity um, Kicked isn't like the OG religion over there. Yeah, it was the... Uh... I I think it's the primary religion now. But like the Shintoism, yeah, Shinto. uh, that kind of traditional, traditional uh, spiritualism is still very prominent in Japan. So like they treat the Christian myth like we treat Greek or Norse mythology. Exactly. Um, and you'll find also a lot of like weird shit around it because it explicitly came to Japan in like the 1600s with the with the Dutch. <laughs> They brought the electricity and the Jesus <laughs> and guns. guns. Amazing. Oh, shit. Guns. And smallpox. That was actually, so, spoiler alert, that's actually the plot of Samurai Champloo, is that, like, one of the main characters' dads was a Christian, and that's why they, they're hunting her through the whole fucking series. They're like, your, uh, your dad was a, f- a fucking heathen. Samurai Champloo. He loved his Jesus, and we're going we're gonna to samurai him to death. I should I should go and watch this series again because I only remember like certain episodes of this it's from like Adult one. Swim. Yeah, it's the, it was it that was an entire aesthetic like oh, yeah. that and the Boondocks together, just a power couple. Dude, Boondocks is wise beyond its time. <laughs> I love me some Boondocks. So we are coming at you live as always. We'll keep up the sand uh, uh, motif. Uh, from the dunes of Arrakis, we're all uh, we're suited up in our steel suits. We're drinking what our piss. sand motif. Did I miss something? Also known as North of Adelaide. Yeah, <laughs> these the sand motifs. You know that is true. We are Austra Austracus. Yeah, we're doing something Austra- on the show this week that we both we both rarely do and often do. Uh, we rarely review actual Australian television. Uh, but we do somewhat often review uh, content created by Australians. Yes. I gotta say, though, unless this is just the content that is created for Americans, um, Australia's seeming real stereotypical. Um, it, it's just nothing but sausage rolls, uh, takeaway, and 
cafes. What was there was one other thing that was the same Coffee. as um, they never said the they never said a flat white. They never said the words flat white. Oh anywhere yeah. In here. I'm trying to think. There was uh, another specific thing that was referenced in um, what's that one Australian show that we watched? The fuck, I can't remember what the uh, name. Koala of the... Man. Not Koala Man. It was the one with the girls. Yellow Crystal. Yeah. yeah Yellow Crystal. I think they mentioned something fantasy, in there. Whatever. And I was like, I was like, oh shit, they t- they're talking about it too. Michael Cusack. Like Auntie Donna, Michael Cusack is just like in. He is an advocate. He is a he is a uh, proselytizer for Australian culture, <laughs> which is good. They're, they're all otherwise, big into I, their I culture. I've never seen there. any of this shit. All the last yeah. thing I heard about us, uh, last thing I heard about Australia was when they lost a dime-sized piece of uranium in the desert somewhere. Back in my uh, my night owl days in college um past a certain hour uh reddit becomes very australian <laughs> because that's when they're up <laughs> so that was my previous exposure to australia <laughs> is being up at 3 a.m when it's like prime working hours for australians well but that's uh that's for later in the yeah. show yeah, we're we're here to learn, and we're here to review some trailers on our weekly trailer review and roundup segment. Trey watch trailer trailer watching. Um, we'll and start with uh, one what a that we already watched. what a what a sad slate of trailers we got here. Yeah, it's a little slim pickings. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do it anyways. We're doing it live. We're explicitly not doing this live. Um, poor things. Trailer number one. We saw the teaser, I am less, and now I'm less the- interested in this movie now that I I have more context about it. Yeah, I, I did. Don't, I don't. I think my think it's gonna be bad. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be great. Um, I I was the most intrigued over William Defoe's makeup. That's what <laughs> I like the most. Yeah, he's he's got he he's never afraid to go for it. Um, I I was very intrigued over the fucking the the duck and the pug with their heads switched. That's yeah, there's it. always some weird. Uh, this is I, this is it's a wild looking movie. Uh, it's it's Frankenstein meets My Fair Lady. Yeah. Um. Yeah. As told by Yorgos Lanthimos, who's uh, done. This looks like. Like you said, it's done a bunch of period movies. Uh, Fra- Frankenstein meets My Fair Lady in the style of like Spy Kids. <laughs> right? This is the color palette of fucking Spy Kids. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh. uh the the soundtrack to this, if it if, if the trailer continues to the movie, it certainly seems like a a fever dream for the ears as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of all I'm, over the place. I'm happy this to have is, Mark yeah. Ruffalo doing more, more ruffling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gonna ruffle all over those guys. Yeah, and I mean Emma Stone probably will be fine, but uh, yeah, Will Willem Dafoe. I'm just saying things that are in this in this trailer. Um, yeah, I'll I'll wait for reviews, I guess. Um, is it, I, yeah, the real the question of the hour is: Is it going to be anything more than extremely quirky? 
Um, probably not. I feel like they're really heavily leaning into the quirkiness of it, like just the way that they have uh Emma Stone's character like move <laughs> even is very much like we're we're dialing up the quirk meter. She walks. It's going to be super quirky. Yeah. And you're going to love it because it you up. think quirky is good. So the other thing is that some of this trailer is in black and white and some of it's in color. And it seems like we're going to get like a little blip in the beginning where it's in like black and white and they have this like not body horror, but I guess fantasy body horror or less grotesque body horror because they just show like an animal's head because they have a, a duck's head on a goat. Uh, we saw the well, it's a it's a duck's head on a dog and a dog's head on a duck. Well, I'm also seeing a duck head on a goat and then a dog's head on a uh, either a duck or a chicken body. And then we see in the beginning the duck head on a dog or something like that. Yeah, so it goes quack. He's he's the eccentric scientist. Um, Yeah, guys, what if, what if like she has color in her dream sequences and it's like a metaphor for her imagination and the fantasy being crazier than real life? What if that was? I mean, maybe maybe they pull that as some sort of twist. Um, It'd be all symbolic. Part of me just feels like it's just flashbacks are going to be in black and white in this movie. Maybe. Yeah. If I want it's to also... be really... Yeah, I was going to say, if I want to be really uh, down on this trailer, um, I'll say, if I want to be really harsh, you'd be like, uh, A20... I think this is a movie that A24 passed up because it wasn't <laughs> hitting the right notes. Like, this is the wrong style of quirky. Yeah, this is this is definitely... Of all the searchlight pictures I've I've seen trailers for, this is definitely the most like out there. Yeah. Um, and at some point she uh, she has sex, which uh, I, I guess that's what they were alluding to. Which I don't know how I feel about yeah. that because there's so many times where she's like kind of infantilized, and if she's like just created, like does she is she able to give consent? Oh, they're gonna make is that. that like, definitely gonna make that a theme. Is that kind of like? Well, yeah, I'm the line? pretty sure like the whole narrative through line of this movie is gonna be boiled down to like female coming of age sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Which... It'll be curious how fast they do that, and like, I just hope they do it tastefully, which I'm assuming they are. Yeah. But side note: there's this one. There's like this old lady character at about like. 52 53 seconds she yeah. was it was mm-hmm. the same actress who played the witch on uh macbeth the new macbeth which again i still, I still gotta see it i gotta take i gotta fucking i really want to see it and i want but my brain's like ah when are you gonna see it i don't know sometime <laughs> at some point and i gotta turn that sometime into an actual time so I can watch it. And I, I remember her face because her I saw that scene with her as the witch and she's just like walking around like like wiggling her fingers. It's it's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing performance. Um so if she's if a bit part so. in this, excellent. Great. Love it. Uh that's poor things. Yeah. We'll f- we'll see what happens. That's the that's the name of the game. Um 
speaking of the game, uh, we've we've got another we've got another sequel, um, and these guys know how to play the game uh, because the and the name of the game is Making Money. Expend four bowls. Expend four bowls. <laughs> they couldn't. They really saw a fan for a stick, and they said, "You know what? Same. We got to keep that. We got to keep the naming convention." But like, it just doesn't doesn't work as an A. For, like, fours do be kind of looking like A's, though. Not. Re- I mean, it's a it's an A an A that had a tragic war accident and had to have a leg amputated. Yeah, just like these vets. <laughs> yeah. it, these vets this are is... probably missing some limbs. Yeah, this is why they should be Fast and Furious. This is why they made it to ten. It's because when after Tokyo Drift, they didn't make it the Forced and the Furious. <laughs> I just they just made it Fast and Furious, which made you like forget that there were three other movies. Um, this movie has no reason to exist. Uh, no. Yeah, it does. Uh, well, counterpoint. Um, actually, it does. Uh, Megan Fox. Enlighten me. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, Jason Statham game this week. Uh, Jason Statham personally produced this entire scene where he gets to go down on Megan Fox, and I'm sure MGK is all for it. He's okay. He kind of likes being cucked. MGK Are is they, sitting in that director's chair. I thought they were no longer together. Uh, no, that was a myth. Okay, you obviously haven't been following your MGK uh, Megan Fox. Uh, no, dates. I haven't because I'm. Yeah. I'm not a 14-year-old girl. Well, they were split up temporarily, but uh, he he and her fixed things. They're in couples therapy now. It's it's great. It's great for the kids. So they're they're back to their very quirky, unhealthy relationship. And that's where we like them. We want them to have that. Because when they get unhealthy like this and they harm each other, they make beautiful things like expend forbles. <laughs> and... MGK's next album, I'm sure, is going to be just dripping with talent. Um, but yeah, Jason Statham got to go down to that. Did that they Fox. ever arrest Eminem for the murder of Machine Gun Kelly? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's still wanted for it. They ruled... Well, I thought they ruled it in no fault. <laughs> <laughs> the jury down. wouldn't convict him. <laughs> the jury. Um Eco Oasis in this. I think we talked about this when we saw the announcement and we talked about the cast before, but he's in this and he's playing the villain. It's like, come on. Make, make he's been, good. yeah, he's been the villain in like everything except the raid. <laughs> I promise you can make him a hero. That's where he started. Um, yeah, I was more surprised to see 50 Cent in this movie. Oh, 50 Cent deserves to be in more stuff. He, he left he his does. blood on the sand. His uh, yeah, his career took some weird turns. That man wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's worth his name. I feel like I can't help but feel that uh, he's in this movie because they couldn't get Terry Crews. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's um, if possible. there's if there's such a thing as an Expendables fan, I feel like they will be disappointed in this movie because they've scaled back the cast. Scaled up the green screen, yes, and seemingly have not, uh, like brought back any of the new people they introduced in the last movie. So, like, how much of a sequel is this, really? Yeah, and why does it exist when your when your IMDb stars are Jason Statham, Fifty Cent, and Megan Fox? 
and old and old Sly, oldest Sly. Yeah, well, he's not. He's not. Li- I wonder if he's like going to be doing he's, a. It's a role. with 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 Stallone, so he gets to be like the the Nick Fury, like introduce the characters to each other and then dip from the movie because he wants to spend. <laughs> Because he's seventy six fucking years old. <laughs> so who the core cast, the core Expendables cast is Statham, Dolph, uh, Statham or Stallone rather, and uh, Rand, is Randy Couture? He was a good guy, or is he? The I, I've never seen any of the Expendables. He was. I, I saw drunk. his name in here, Randy Couture. Um, I don't know who he. I've never seen his face. Randy Couture is a former UFC heavyweight champion. So the last one had... The last one still had a fucking stack cast. Stallone, Statham. This is how you know. I just have to do last names. You'll know. Stallone, Statham, uh, Jet Li in Lee fame. Uh, Banderas. Ford. Schwarzenegger. Gibson. Snipes. Lundgren. Couture. Cruz Grammar? Like Kelsey, Kelsey Grammar? Kelsey Grammar. Like money plane Kelsey Grammar? <laughs> like money plane? He was both. Yes, that's, that's what he's definitely most famous for. Uh, <laughs> he didn't do two TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> that's his, but that's his, main, that's his most recent action role. Kelsey Grammar, famous for his starring role in X Men The Last Stand. Loved him in that. Fantastic. Uh made that movie. What is it? I've 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 blocked much of that movie from my memory. Ronda Rousey, Terry Crews, Victor Ortiz. Uh meanwhile, this gem has Statham, fifty cent, Fox, Lundgren, Tony Ja, Eco Wise. Eco Wise. Yep. Randy Couture, Jacob Scipio, Levy Tran, Andy Garcia, all the way down here is Stallone. I'm, I'm so hype I can barely keep my eyes open. Stallone is 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 put next to the likes of Caroline Wilde, who plays Bikini Girl. Mm. Do you think? All right, so I have a, I have a, I just had this thought. Do you think they put this out? Like to compete with John Wick Chapter Four, they're like, we're gonna put this out in the same year. And maybe... I mean, definitely not. <laughs> no, look, look it's at their tagline. Partner, <laughs> look at their tagline. They're making these until they're done, and when they're done, they'll die when they're dead. <laughs> yeah. I if you play this, so meta note, reference. Play, play the last like uh, I don't. I, I want to say. Um, 15 seconds of the trailer with the sound on and it's like the it's like the fucking drive time radio that's how i watched it with the with the sound where on. it's like they threw in every sound effect from fucking they threw the entirety of pond five in here yeah like i i feel like this is a full sail student film <laughs> you're listening to 98 the peel, ninety-eight point three. The peel, slipping on yep. a banana. Rock, 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 rock hour. No commercials. It's it's so funny that they like try to push to get 
more people in here. Um, so there's two two notes in the IMDb page where they talk about getting people for it. Um, at an experience with Sylvester Stallone in Birmingham 2019. I don't know what that means. At an experience right. with Sylvester Stallone. Everyone hold the fuck up. Yeah, that is okay. that is wild. Yeah. I what is it? Yeah, what see now you got me off of this because I was about to drop some fucking crazy ass. I was about to drop some knowledge. Bro, so the look up who the screenplay is by. I want you to look up who the screenplay is by. Oh, can I finish this real quick? Yes, you can. Um so I had the experience he expressed the desire to have Carl Weathers. Kurt Russell and Dolph Lundgren, one for three, in Expendables four. He also pointed out world's strongest man in the audience, Eddie Hall, and said how he would like him in Expendables four as some new blood. To which Eddie stood up and posed with a double bicep curl. Thank you, Eddie. He's well, also who, who who are you who are you geeking out over? Kurt Wimmer? No, Tad Daggerhart. Tad Daggerhart. <laughs> Are you for Max How did Adams. you leave out the best name in the fucking writers of the fucking Expendables? There, there are some winners there. Max Adams is also Max a pretty Ad- Scott Wah. Pretty, uh, pretty baller name but, there. But Tad Daggerhart. How do you? Uh, yeah, it makes sense names? that the writer of Expendables Four would pick a name like that. So this, this is directed by Scott Wah. Um, whose directorial credits include four four previous movies, uh, Navy SWCC, which I assume was a recruitment video for the Navy. Probably. Act of Valor. Okay, I've heard of that one. The 2014 Need for Speed movie. And Six Below, Miracle on the Mountain. Oh, I love that movie. Um, it's a real banger. So let's. I'm 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 gathering some some star ratings here. Let's see what his high water mark was. Uh, Six point four is is the best movie of his is reviewed on IMDb. So you know, great hands there. That feels about right. Uh, let's see. He's got four movies in the pipeline. He's doubling his directorial output. He's breaking out. Um, which is interesting because he's. Directing a movie called Breakout, which I hope is not a video game adaptation of the game Breakout. Uh, no, would, it's not. It's a Prison Break movie. I kind of want to see the A twenty four video game, which movie which stars Arnold Schwarzenegger. It sure does. Yeah. Um, Yo, who it's in pre production. Who else so is we'll, starring we'll in a movie? Um, actually, I don't know. Oh shit, dude. <laughs> I clicked on another movie that this guy's directing. It's called Action Force. Uh, you want to guess who the top build star is, or second top build star is? Is it Nick Cage? No, it's Joe Anoa'i, also known as Roman Reigns. Oh <laughs> shit! Maybe he's uh, maybe he's hooking up. Maybe he has some contacts with the w, uh, WWE. Because the oh, other shit, dude. hidden Not strike only. is the Jackie Chan John Cena movie, which Scott Wall is directing. Oh, he's directing hidden strike. That's interesting. Um, not only is 
uh, Roman Reigns in this movie, but Malachi Black is also in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! I'm looking. There's is there a trailer up? I don't I don't see it, any sort it, of I see barely any promotional material for this movie. Yeah, this movie at this point might not exist. <laughs> Plenty laundered. Um, let's see. Uh, Action Force. It's in pre-production, so it's just been announced. I see. Okay. Um. Yeah. We're, well, we you heard it. You heard it here first. Um. So when the trailer comes out, don't be surprised. Yeah. We we'll be yep. over this like white on rice. Um, or or um, we'll be all over this I I don't know how to segue this into bottoms but we're gonna that's where we're going we're headed to the bottom yeah this movie feels like a race straight to the bottom (laughs) you know you know you're you're in for a certain kind of movie when the first spoken line in your trailer is could the untalented lesbians please report to the principal's office yeah this, yeah. I feel like this movie, just someone just spoke the words into an AI generator and said, "All right, high school lesbian fight club comedy." Well, it and the you know, movie really... just started spawning from there. They like, they just put it in a high energy chamber and it grew, <laughs> grew on its own like a fucking crystal. The the most notable thing about this movie is uh, Marshawn Lynch is getting a. Uh... A feature film role. Um, I saw him on Murderville, which is an improv show on Netflix starring Will Arnett. He was pretty good. He's got he's got some decent uh, comedic timing. Um, so this reminds me of um, not another teen movie, which was a spoof on teen movies that came out of the time. Yeah. This, this so feels... yeah, I mean, this is what a Gen Z or I guess Gen Alpha now, uh, raunchy teen comedy looks like. But like, it's um, still trying to be like spoofy. It's not. It's not grounded at all. Like it's, it it I, if it's not trying to, then okay. But it's like they're in this weird middle ground between like spoof and like, hey, we're trying to do like one of those old raunchy high school movies, which. When you think about it, and if you think about them as kids, <laughs> it's less funny because uh, they're kids. Yeah, and maybe to like other kids, it'd be funny, but like as an adult, I kind of just feel a little icky. If I was, uh, yeah, if I was a teenager, would I watch this movie? I maybe I might, I might. Uh, if I was, a, if I, I don't was know. I never was super. Days, well, would I watch this? I don't know. I I never was into the like raunchy teen movie. Like I never really got into American Pie or Eurotrip or any of those movies. So I I know I personally wouldn't have interest in this movie even if I were in the Target demo. Yeah. It, yeah, I feel I feel like American Pie though was still somewhat grounded like it Oh, I mean like yeah, had, in terms of like these are plausible scenarios, yeah. It had it it was cuz it was more of a maybe this trailer just isn't doing a great job of selling the like coming of age story that a lot of these usually have. Like they have like that's what they essentially are, coming of age. They're mm-hmm. learning about their bodies, learning about sexuality and stuff like that. 
and that was what it was with like American Pie. And then you had like the other kid who was kind of just, you know, going buck wild who hit puberty early and uh, you know, that constant comparison between children that, that you know, happens in high school especially. I just I feel like this is a little bit I don't know. It it's also weird because they're fighting each other like in like fight club style in like the gymnasium to like get back at football players. Right. I, or, it's like where are the I think they're just trying to score with the cheerleaders. Like I don't I don't know if the football players really play into this much other than being foils. I think this I think the thing for me, like the thing for me that I, I want to I would want to see from this movie which I don't think it's it's doing is like I want it to have its own its own jokes. Like this is it I mean this happens with a lot of movies now. Uh where it's just sort of like an air of comedy is like it's it's spritzed in the air. There's just com- you know the vibe is kind of like this there's you're supposed to be laughing but like there's not as much like I, I want me, I want me some set up and payoff jokes. It's it's some, bad. Like this is, it's a comedy that doesn't appear to be funny. Yeah, and and like a reason why it just doesn't seem like all too funny is because like, what what's a joke? Like the football players are always in their football pads. Is that, I do. I mean, I will say there are. Uh, that's why I say I want to see more of this. I should say because there are a couple oh. good jokes, like where they're talking to the football players, like sitting at the desk or whatever. He's like, "I did not cheat on you," and it's like, "Yeah, I saw you cheat." No, I fucked your mom. And then it's like that's a and joke. Then I realize. That's a joke. I like. Yeah, it. I mean, it had the cadence of a joke, but was it really funny? I laughed. I, I thought it was a. Laugh. I I thought it was actually uh kind of kind of clever because it was, you know, talking about cheating, and then the rebuttal to that is no, I cheated. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, and the I uh, I get it, and it's, I won't say that the actors bad. aren't like, they aren't like. <laughs> Not giving it, whether or not you know what they're giving it to. Whatever I think, but, I think what made I mean, what made me laugh was certainly uh, not half-assing it. Was was who'd you say this is? Um, Marshawn Lynch. Is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. he's like yeah. the coach guy. Um, when when he when they asked him to be the the club coordinator or whatever, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, maybe. I do that. He picks up his magazine, his divorce. My mom said I should get a hobby. (laughs) Big booty babes on the magazine. (laughs) That's not bad. So that's. So I guess I should. uh, That's my thoughts on this. I want to see that kind of shit in this movie. I like the prop humor. uh, Am I actually going to see this movie? Probably not. No, I. I I suspect not many people will see. see it. Because I don't think this is going to make a lot of money. It's going to slip under the radar, and maybe it'll be maybe it'll resurface as a cult classic in in five ten years. Nah, this is ticketed. This is ticketed to the bros' fate of a notable box office bomb that people will forget about. Yeah. Well, it'll join. We'll join our next friend here. Um, and I say this with all the love in the world. Um, Sympathy for the Devil, starring the devil himself, Nicholas Cage. Our man. I'm sorry. 
Did you not like this movie? I like. Did you not like the cut of its jib? I don't think it's gonna make money. Oh no, I don't. I don't know that this is even gonna be in theaters. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what Uh, I'm saying. That's why I say okay with peace and love. This movie is going straight. I'm warning you with peace and love. Um, No, this is great. This is this is Cage going full Cage. Yeah. Um, and like even though I'm not terribly compelled by the premise and i feel like it's gonna kind of like uh squander what little uh novelty it has Mm -hmm. in its uh setup by the end of it um it's cage going full cage and who doesn't want to watch that (laughs) i like that he doesn't do characters anymore he just does himself you know isn't that the best acting you can do yes and Just I think um, um, and I think he did a character in Pig later on in the cast. If if you're gonna talk about that news story, well, I gave that to you because I figured you'd be all oh, over absolutely. that. Absolutely, I can do that. <laughs> I got you. It's gonna get in. It's that video game story is gonna get in the way of my next uh, <laughs> No Man's Sky release <laughs> update <laughs> patch story. <laughs> so I guess I'll have to. You know, it's like choosing your favorite son. <laughs> Like, who are you going to leave behind in the burning building? <laughs> I'd leave Nick be, because you know I know what? Nick's going to make it out okay. Because I can wait two months and we'll get another No Man's Sky update. So That's true. You know, it'll, it's ever flowing. It's like the Holy Grail. Um, yeah, but this movie looks, it's going to be, it's going to be fucking, it's going to live or die on the back of um, Nick Cage. <laughs> like, there's nothing else in this movie that is is going to be compelling aside from him and the premise that he brings with him it seems like he's going to be in 90% of the shots in this movie and uh from the from what they showed in the trailer it doesn't look like there's going to be that many locations no they're going to do a lot so, of car shots and maybe uh three. Nick Cage Nick Cage and Joel Kinnaman who looks familiar. I don't know if I've seen him in anything before. He was before. in Suicide Squad. Who who was Both. he in Suicide Squad? He was the Oh, was uh, he he's Oh he's, yeah, the like Flag the Man. Yeah, Fla- uh, Rick Flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick Flag. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh so it's really going to come down to how how the two of them play off each other. Yeah, and and he kind of I mean, Joel Kinnaman kind of plays like a wet noodle. So, I mean, like he doesn't have to really do much to it seems like Nick Cage is really going to be stealing the show. They kind of they hint that there might be more to his character than first meets the eye. And I, and I think that's probably what the twist is going to be. Like it's not like a happenstance. Like hey, I just you know I bumped into your car and now I'm taking you hostage. Like maybe he was targeted, and he's not the faithful, um, loyal husband that he he like tries to portray or tries to pull off. Yeah, um, I'd, yeah. I'd hope they pull off a tw- pull a twist like that. That would that would keep it engaging because I feel like the as good as Nick Cage is, the character that he's been given is not one with a lot of um, l- lifetime on it. Yeah. It's got a pretty quick half life. Of it is also. Novelty. I find it's kind of interesting. It's not every Nick Cage movie that they advertise him as Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage. 
which almost makes me think that they want to like position this movie as like a serious character piece. <laughs> it could be. Like they're this is supposed to be artsy, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm looking forward to it, obviously. Uh July twenty eighth release. So yep. uh won't have to wait too long. It's gonna happen. That is that is in fact trailers this week. Um I mean unless there's another one that you wanna cover. I don't think. uh no I think we're good. Okay, cool. So let's move now to the follow up here and uh take a look at Lay Box Off Us for uh June second for the fourth. Um bigger box office than Memorial Day weekend. I and I think Buoyed. we understand why. Buoyed by uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which had the biggest opening weekend of any movie so far this year. Yep. Uh, with $120.6 million. I was, we was there. We witnessed I was there. live. Yeah, we were part of that, uh, like, $47 million it took in in previews or whatever, mm, or $17 yeah. million, however many it took in Thursday previews. We was part of that. Um. Worldwide, so far, uh, it's it's tacked on another $87 million. Uh, it was up to $159 million domestic. So $247 million worldwide so far. Um, really good. The first one was so good, but it kind of released at a weird time and struggled to find a huge audience. It ended up doing... It had a pretty good post-Oscar run and ended up at like $350 million worldwide. But nature is healing, and this movie's making a lot of money. Going to slap. Are we going to get to a billion? I I think probably. I think so. Um, because this movie, this movie has replayability. Yes, like it's not not only is it a movie that's worth seeing again, it's a movie that almost invites you to see it again, like. There's so much packed into this movie mm-hmm. um, that, like, you notice your second time watching that you didn't necessarily pick up your first. Um, that, like, it 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 almost it's y- like, you're drawn to see it a second time. I know this is maybe a little cliche in in reference to this movie in specific, but it is like it really is like listening to an album a couple times. You know? Yeah, you gotta you gotta get it a couple times before you can fully appreciate it. Um, and you can go what see a, our what review a... from from last week where we talk about this shit. Yes, I was very, we have very sad that we had to watch something else this week. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and also I like I like that Spider Verse is doing very well financially and reviewing very well because it kind of puts to bed the notion that the reason the little mermaids review scores were so bad is because it had a black person in the lead. Yeah. Because this is a movie with a lot of black people in it. In fact, of the principal characters featured in this movie, two are white. (laughs) It is. It's a very important, uh, distinction there for sure. Um, speaking of little mermaid, good movies make, make do good. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Yeah, Little Mermaid. Um, st- still ahead 
um, in terms of uh, total growth. But this week, it is down from from it's the heights. Got a week on it. <laughs> Sunk to the depths. It's uh, lost fifty over half of its revenue after the first week. Um, at forty one forty one point three four million, uh, which never, it- never would I have thought I would have seen like a a uh, Spider Man animated movie, um, thoroughly trounce a highly publicized Disney remake. Yeah, at the box office, um, three hundred and forty three million worldwide. Um, I looked at last week's too, just to just to kind of get context. Look back to last week. Um, Little, when Little Mermaid was in first, it only got ninety ninety six million opening week. Um, yeah, for for the two day weekend, right? Yes, I think for the holiday three day weekend, it was closer to it was one hundred eighteen million over the three day weekend. But yeah, to your point, like Spider Verse did not enjoy the holiday weekend bump, and it did not enjoy um, having. Well, I guess the obviously didn't count the third day of gross, and it's still outperformed its three day Little Mermaid's, Little Mermaid's three day total in two days. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, which I is really crazy. See how this stacks up against Avatar, Avatar two, um, this year. Because I want I, I want this to do better than Avatar 2. It's not going to do better than Avatar 2, dude. That movie made $2 billion. I guess. I don't know. I want to believe, though. Because that just means... I mean, it's a better movie. It should. But I think if it gets to a billion dollars, if it beats No Way Home, I think that okay. that's, that's a good milestone for it. I think No Way Home made one point six billion 1.8 maybe even that seems dubious that i say that out loud yeah i i i got no clue and it's 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 hard it's going to be harder for it because it's releasing in the middle of summer movie season avatar 2 came out in december um no way home also came out like november december where there's less competition yeah because you've got Flash is going to open soon. Uh, Indie Dial of Destiny is going to open soon. Um, Transformers is opening this week. I don't know how much of of the box office that's going to steal from Spider Verse, but I'm I'm a little tempted to go that we should go watch that this week, just to see what's happened with Transformers since like the third one. That they say it's the off. best one yet. I I barely made it through the second. Uh, the second Transformers movie is, I mean, until I actually walked out of Blockers, the second Transformer movie was the closest they've ever come to walking out of a movie. It just would not end, and it was the same fucking shots over I'll, and over again. I'll go see it. I I am a I am a massive Transformer sucker. I've watched all of them. Good shit. And, uh, Th- All right, Jake's our correspondent on the scene. If we don't, I, if it's not our feature next week, I didn't. I didn't. You love, think you know a guy? <laughs> I didn't love them all, but I had fun with them all. They were they were fun. The first one was okay. The second um, one was great. It was, was kind great. of a little 
I don't want to say the movie was racist necessarily, but the a lot of the characters, the black characters in that movie were not written well. Um, it's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of Michael Bay characters, shall we okay, say. Okay, so there was one that was written... Um. Oh, I know why you didn't like the second one. Why? Um, because this is the one I believe. Tell, that tell was... me why I didn't like it, and I'll tell okay, you why I, I actually I did, didn't like it. I learned this out just the other day because we were. Um, uh, it was about the writer strike that's going on right now, and the last writer strike was you got it, two thousand eight, when this was a, in production. And because this came out in 2009, Revenge of the Fallen came out in 2009, so it was in production. I could have sworn the first transfer. When did the first one come out then? Uh, 2007. Okay. So this came out 2009. So like pre-production would have been like 2007, 2008, um, and it would have been around that writer strike. So I'm I'm looking at the IMDb trivia has this because it should, because the way this was fucking written was Michael Bay had like a rough outline of the, of what he wanted to happen in the movie and he just gave it to all the actors and said fucking wing it. Oh, what was that story we were reading yesterday about or last week from the writer's strike where Ryan Reynolds can't improv? Yes. On the Deadpool set because he has a writer credit. <laughs> He's not allowed to He's not allowed to generate any new ideas. <laughs> Unconfirmed if he can whisper the ideas into the uh, the ear of a uh, PA who then says them out loud. And he goes, that's a great idea. <laughs> classic. Okay, classic so here's, here's the actual, so I'm not just like talking on my ass. So screenwriting was interrupted by the 2007 to 8 Writers Guild of America strike, but to avoid production delays, the writer spent two weeks writing a treatment which they handed in in the night before the strike began. Bay then expanded the outline into a 60-page scriptment, which included more action, humor, and characters. The three writers spent four months finishing the screenplay while locked uh, in two hotel rooms by Bay. Kruger wrote in his own room, and the trio would check on each other's work twice a day. That's, so that's so weird. It's so it, weird to me that three people were needed to come up with the most banal fucking script I think I've ever watched. None of them were Tad Daggerhart. I I guarantee you it wasn't like a full script. It probably was like a it was like some key bits of dialogue that they wanted to have in it, and then really, the rest was like from the a first movie. Well, I okay, even if that's true which let's say it is, um, no reason for me not to believe it. I have no reason to believe either that had there not been a writer's strike, the movie would have been any good because I, I saw the first one and saw enough clips of the third one to know that the writing throughout was not very good. Um, I, so th- I like to imagine, this? though, side note, Jake, the way you described it, it conjures the idea that this movie was written in the same way that Best in Show was written. <laughs> where they just gave them the bones of the scene and said, go. 
and then they put CG behind it. Well, the problem is I don't (laughs) trust a Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox who made up probably the majority of the um, the dialogue and and a lot of these scenes uh, have the talent to do so. Um, And this was so this was a lot of uh, okay. This is coming back to me. Uh, they got the, the, the cube, there was like a cube MacGuffin in the first one. And in this one, it was all about how Sam Witwicky is now infected by a shard of it. And he has like all the alien technology from Cybertron, um, while the earth is like being invaded by all these Decepticons and they're trying to like, um, I guess, uh, there's a big conspiracy around the pyramids that have uh, some. Okay, like, I was yeah, I yes. was trying to remember what the name of this movie was because it, it wasn't Dark of the Moon. This was no, Revenge, Revenge of the, of the Fallen. F- yes, yeah. so they like, they wake up Megatron and they get Megatron back into this into the fold. Um, and, and all I remember of this movie. And I remember in vivid detail, because this was the, the part of the movie that I was like, okay, I cannot bear this any longer, is the fucking scene where they're in the desert, and, yeah. and Shia LaBeouf is running away from uh, Decepticon. And I like, swear to God, they used the same shot of it, like, swiping down a building as he's running away five times <laughs> in this fucking... <laughs> Eight minute scene, oh, which I eight minutes this... doesn't sound like a lot, but it felt like a goddamn eternity. So I think this was also the thing where Optimus dies and Shia has to like revive him with a MacGuffin. I thought that was the Dark um, of the Moon where he, he needs to use the fucking. It was the Matrix of leadership. I no Dark of the Moon was the whole crux of that was um they find out there was a secret Autobot that was uh, Sentinel Prime. Yeah, the old and man. they have evil old yeah. man Autobot awakens he the was, moon and turns it into evil, Cybertron. He was evil old man, and and they all were like trying to find these pillars. Um, and uh, I think the first movie or what they had before, they had like one pillar, and they were like, "Oh, this is like really rare. We need to hold on to it." And they're like, "No, shut the fuck up." There's like fifty of them on the moon, uh, and the Decepticons have them, and they need like the last piece to turn it on because it would create a portal that would bring Cybertron to earth. Uh, Riveting. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> yeah. it is a good, it was a good idea. This I also, think that's a cool idea. This also has one of, uh, one of those scenes, one of the classic scenes of, of, um, transformers where Optimus prime fucking executes Sentinel prime at the end. Just like, like a is war dark crime. The, is, is dark of the moon. Uh, Jake, you have a ghost in your basement. Is Dark of the Moon the one where Mark Wahlberg like? Wait, wait, show your belly. Show your belly. Chugs. Yeah. Chugs a. Uh, there's there's a bun in the oven for those of you watching on video. She's very pregnant. Do something. Do something. Do it. Do a trick. Do a trick. No, he's not not performing. I don't know why I just kind of had this half expectation that the baby was going to burst out. <laughs> alien style. <laughs> oh, oh that's yeah. alien style. He's trying to. Last night he was. He was fucking punching her uterus from the inside. I was like, shit, dude. Calm down. going to be a fighter. Yeah. Um, right hook. Yeah. All right. So anyways, well, back to the old man murder. 
Um, yeah, that that movie was wild. Transformers is wild. I don't know where how we got here, um, but let's continue because no, we do have really a spotlight care. coming up. That's true. And our next one. In here, third, uh, the other movie that opened last week, The Boogeyman, <laughs> with twelve point three million dollars, released by uh, Walt 30, Disney. Thirty two hundred theaters. That is that is strange, isn't it? There, it's explicitly under not under Searchlight, not not like wow. Touchstone. Not Touchstone. <laughs> Yeah, not yeah, not 20th Century Studios, which is where you'd think they they'd release yeah. this under. Uh, no, specifically Walt Disney Studios motion picture adapting the Stephen King short story. Um, it made like we said 13 12.3 million dollars in its opening weekend, total worldwide gross so far of 24 million dollars, but more importantly, it has a place in our spotlight yes, uh, wherein we we discuss the uh, the finer critiques of this movie, as disseminated by the wonderful folks that populate the IMDb user review sections. But first, we take a look at how the critics are scoring this movie. Um, pretty consistent across the board. 60, 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 58% on Metacritic. So pretty tight grouping. Uh, suggesting a pretty mediocre movie, but we we only we only count the opinions of those those who are who are not lesser than, and uh, it's the real reviewers in the, the IMDb user review section. The boogie the boogie viewers, the people who went not to see Spider Verse, but to see the Boogeyman. They really were um, here. A weird flex. You know what? I actually, I'll, I'll give him a pass on this. I tried to go see it again on Saturday night, and there were no good seats. There were no good seats. <laughs> also, sidebar, speaking of Spider-Verse, By its own. Uh, have you heard of Regal um, 40, 40XD, 40X, yes, 4XD? We, um, I believe we watched one in this, right, Kurt? No, we watched an RPX. Okay. Which is, is like, like their discount IMAX. Yeah, the the Regal 4DX or whatever it is, um, is like a thing straight out of like Walt Disney. Oh, is this like, the one with the little ticklers and the bubbles and the Yeah, it people were going people were wearing uh um what ponchos to go see Little Mermaid because they said they literally get rained on. In the movie theater, I didn't realize that that was the I I've heard of 4D stuff, but I didn't think it was that. And they yeah, put like, smells into it too. Four, yeah, that 4D has been like a uh, amusement park attraction gimmick yeah. since Universal Studios opened Shrek 4D back in like 2002. Yeah, it did it. I think the same thing with like a Bug's Life or something like that at Disney. Yeah, like there's there's been. Yeah. Myriad examples I'm, of this. I can't it's wait not to an experience I would pay extra for. While I watch this fucking the visual masterpiece. I can't wait for the fucking the little my seat to go side to side uh so I can better experience. You know, that's how yeah. the that's how the the animators wanted it to be. There's know? there's some People's, gimmicks that are are just So people it. saw Spider-Verse in it and they were like Ow. Like, I, I like, know shit. <laughs> like, I'm surprised the, it didn't turn the them upside around. down at one point. 
<laughs> I went to go see it in Cinemark XD, and that had D boxes, which is something similar, but I think it's just rumble seats. I think that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And you could hear the, you could feel the ground like vibrating um, from those, or or just maybe like the enhanced like sound from that. So I, I imagine if you just upped it up a little bit, and with with whatever Regal's got to offer, fucking wild yeah it kind of sucks like we didn't get any super fun formats uh for spider-verse basically just uh imax was the only premium format in our area there's i mean you could go to rpx which is basically just discount imax so huh they i guess I guess they're showing uh, Transformers in IMAX now because there's only one IMAX showing of Spider-Verse a day now. <laughs> Damn. Um, okay, anyway, that aside, aside, let's get back to hearing from the real reviewers about the bogeyman. The bogeyman. Uh, the bogeyman. Aaliyah Pe- Pagel. Pagelli? Aaliyah Pagelli. Um has this to say, 10 out of 10 review, my own opinion on The Boogeyman. Good. I really enjoyed this movie. It had the perfect amount of horror, and the cast did amazing with acting. The Boogeyman design, oh, don't get me started. It was such a perfect design. It's not the usual look of The Boogeyman, but it was more interesting, and it added more terror. I gave, it gave a feeling of stress and definitely would make you have nightmares, it had some parts that were very uncomfortable, but in a good way. I feel it had meaning towards the end, like letting go of the past or something of the sort. I also do think the beginning of the movie was one of the most brutal scenes in the movie, but it made the movie definitely warn you about the stomach-grabbing feeling you're going to have throughout the movie. Two out of seven found that helpful. <laughs> All right. One out of ten. Russ Hogg, the oh, bad movie that, man. That's a strong name right there. Strong name Powerful for a strong name. review. This is a, this is a strong review. Warning, spoilers. Watch out, everybody. Close your ears for like five minutes if you don't want to hear spoilers. Because this movie was trash AF. First off, the monster was not a good design. It was generic AF. I was told it was the perfect design. (laughs) (laughs) And looked like any old monster you would see in the cheapest video game. Whoever designed that monster should be fired. The rules of the monster were completely incoherent. Dot, dot, dot. It was supposed to be the boogeyman who scared kids and came out of the closet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gay. (laughs) Don't know why I... Don't know why I paused there, weirdly. But... Pride Month... Uh, but instead, it just followed the whole family around, and it even attacked adults, too. Even after the film stated the rules of the monster were that that the boogeyman, spelled, uh, boogie. Like, get uh, down. Uh, yeah, the, the boogeyman. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> the cut a jig man. <laughs> attacked kids, uh, attacked kids who parents had failed to pay attention to. But even then, the dad was pretty proactive in taking care of his kids. So there really 
wasn't any logic to the story there. I guess they, they just made up the monster can be transferred to a new family via It Follows or Smiled, which completely violates the rule of the entire premise, but whatever. Then the monster was established to be scared of the light and stayed in the dark. So the heroes obviously do the genius thing to keep the lights on in the house off the entire film and instead do stuff like light candles or hold on to blinking Christmas lights. Because when a monster is uh, scared of the light, obviously you should just turn all the lights off and use the bare minimum light to give it as much room as possible to move around. Well, let breathe. Now there was a family who the monster had previously attacked and some lady is just sitting up in their old ruined home with candles and a shotgun talking about how she is going to trap the monster with a tripwire and trigger some shotgun pellets. But the monster was pre uh, previously said to be made of shadows, so how the heck is a shotgun pellet going to work? And why is she just up in some house anyhow? The monster isn't even there. Like, go get some therapy, lady, or maybe get out of the house and find the new victims and try to stop the monster there. Uh, then there was this teenage girl protagonist and her angst and her dead mother, which was a wound that the monster had nothing to do with, uh, but the monster didn't kill her mom. Uh, the monster was supposed to go attack the little girl as established in the premise, the promise of the premise. Uh, but instead, the monster stopped following her, uh, the little girl, and followed the teenager, which didn't make any sense because teenagers, by and large, aren't scared of monsters in the closet. Um, the Boogeyman, uh, this time correctly spelled, was a sloppy remake of Smile and It Follows using the name Stephen King's The Boogeyman. It completely sucked. The characters were painful. The cinematography was trash. And it's not scary, even the slightest. If there ever is a monster in the closet, surely it can get uh, to do no worse to its victims than make them watch this lazy, incoherent, miserable, generic film. Five out of seven found it helpful. You know, we've had Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> we've had Freddy versus Jason. Uh, assuming somewhere in cinema's history, we've had Dracula versus Frankenstein. I think we're ready for the next crossover movie. The Boogeyman versus the Bye Bye Man. Yes. <laughs> the the Boogeyman. The Boogeyman versus Nick Cage. <laughs> we'll get hit. We're getting there. We'll get there. What if Nick Cage is the Boogeyman? Mm. That's what the, the twist they didn't tell you about. He actually signed on. What a twist. Um. All right. I was, I, I was having trouble figuring out which one of these I wanted to do. Um, but I guess we'll go with this one um, from Andres Buritago 20934 um, 6 out of 10 great production slash severely predictable uh, enjoyed the idea and anticipation of a Stephen King bogeyman film in 2023 with that being said what worked about the film was the acting the film's emotion, accompanied by the feeling of being suspended in the tenth dimension of what's around the corner, was carried out well by actresses Sophie Thatcher and Vivian Blair. The whole parents ignoring their children even after a bunch of supernatural occurrences in the house seems a bit generic at this point in time. I feel like this movie could have really had some potential if it committed more to an R rating. <laughs> our Disney movie. 
<laughs> the lack of violence makes it feel as if I'm watching an endless game of cat and mouse. Between one real on-screen sort of death and the poor CGI, this film would have done better on Netflix. All in all, I gave this film a 6 out of 10. Objectively I will true. say sometimes not having the violence on screen can be scarier. Like, I, I think The Mummy did a good job with that, where you never really see what Emotep does to people, but you see the aftermath, and you're like, eh, okay, oh, it's probably nasty. Um, while I enjoyed the cast, I feel some of the builds up, we're severely underwhelming, and that should earn a horror movie a 2 out of 10 alone. However, the production value and cast acting averages at a 6 out of 10 even for me. I wouldn't recommend this movie to appear. However, maybe a young teenager who is beginning to venture into amateur horror. One out of four. Found out. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, for, interesting. For reference, the other one was, the title of the other one, which was the entire reason I wanted to do it, was The B-Minus Oogie Man. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty, pretty, pretty good. All right. Let's, let's kick this off with Unique Particle. Which has oh. submitted a 9 out of 10 review with the title, I Love This A Lot, submitted June 2nd. Tisk tisk, you didn't see Spider-Verse. Sophie Thatcher is masterful in this and Yellow Jackets. The acting is so damn good. The terror hit the spot, and better than I could have imagined. That's just a weird concept. The acting was better than I could have imagined, like... <laughs> Have you not seen movies with good acting before? I, I feel sorry. This is your first time. Welcome. Um, Such a world of <laughs> this, is, this, this tangent is why I picked this. My only complaint is I don't understand why there was two Indian guys that came in late and were very rude. Even when I said something to the guy, he was rude to me. Luckily, when things elevated in the last half, he wasn't so obnoxious and more into the movie. <laughs> Rob Savage is a very talented director in the horror genre. I love that this had lots of terror elements for a PG-13 film. A pleasant surprise. The Boogeyman is everything I'd want for a creature feature slash supernatural story, despite the one complaint I had. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> it's so good. I don't understand why there was like the way they phrase it makes it seem like it's in the movie. That's what I thought at first, and then there was a bit a about fucking, them saying something to them. They just had a mental break. <laughs> They're like, um, these guys came in. <clears throat> One out of ten. Oh God. Okay. Ooh. B nine four said. This film is nothing but a collection of cheap jump scares stringed together by a subpar plot that would have been old if it were released 20 years ago. Ooh, burn. Ooh. I don't mind jump scares. In fact, I think they can be a great addition to a horror movie if used well. But making a loud noise or loudly slamming a door every three minutes is just lazy writing. I'm not going to go into detail, not that there are much details to go into, but the whole movie is riddled with ho every horror movie trope you can think of. 
I found myself constantly rolling my eyes over how nonsensical and unrealistic the characters were being in behaving and reacting to the events of the film. This film is regurgitated garbage that has been many times before, and I promise you, if you've seen any monster horror movie ever, you've seen this one. 15 out of 25 found that helpful. Snappy, baby. Um, yeah. It's ice. Finally. Love, I love this one. This one, this one makes me happy. Um, M. Donovan, forty-seven, twelve. About out of ten. Alien, not boogie. Sophie Thatcher goes off. But other than that, the movie was okay and more alien-like than boogeyman-esque. A glass of wine will definitely make this film go smoother if you're watching. I think this film deserves a 5 out of 10 rating because there are moments that can definitely make you think deeper about the story and derive some emotion out of it. The acting was intense at times, and although I wouldn't say it is a must-see, there is some interesting components as to how the actors played out this story. I got so drunk during this movie that I borderline broke my finger. I still need x-rays later on. So that should tell you something. Update. Hand is broke. <laughs> Two out of three. <laughs> Found that. That, that is... These were some of the wildest reviews <laughs> I think we've ever done. These the for such a like out here. <laughs> a banal... Like, such a... A seemingly like paint by numbers movie. I, I just getting drunk at home, just fucking this shit, having fucking dudes coming to the, playing no fucking hammer schlagen. I guess that's what this is telling me is that the content of the movie was not enrapturing. When people would rather tell you about what happened in the in in the context surrounding it, about about the the fucking uh, game of hammer schlagen they played. <laughs> Inside the theater. Yeah. All right. Back to the box office. Guardians 3 finds itself in fourth, down 48.7%, uh, bringing in another $10.6 million, bringing its worldwide total to $785 million, a pretty decent haul, mm-hmm. I would say. Fast X drops three spots from number two to number five, down 58.3%, and already leaving 600 theaters in just its third week. Um, it uh, took in just under $9.6 million this week, bringing its total worldwide to $617 million. A big step down in uh, money from the past couple entries into the series. So Yeah. We'll see if, if this is going to be the last one because, well, I mean, it made a shit ton of money, so probably not, but Well, it is also part one of two, so they're at least going to like make one more. Oh, is it? Yeah, there's, so side note, in, if, in case you weren't uh, an astute watcher, uh, the two-part, the two-parter has, has returned. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like 20, 2015 all over again. Um. You thought you thought that the that one was a little more specific because back then it was all two parters of the last book adaptation yeah. of a book series. Very it's like, very very niche. I feel like it was necessary um, in like the Harry Potter case because those movies kept getting longer and so longer and longer. 
<laughs> like I swear to God, I I was a captive audience for the fifth movie, and like I swear to God, that movie's five hours long. Don't look up the actual runtime and try to tell me it's two hours and forty five minutes. Nah, bump that. It's five hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic. It's, um, actual. You have to literally take a time turner in to finish that movie. <laughs> I don't understand that reference. Good reference. $3.368 million for the Super Mario Bros. movie finds itself in sixth in its ninth week. $1.3 billion total worldwide for the Mario Brothers movie. About My Father finds itself in seventh place. Uh, $2 million, down 52.4% week over week, uh, bringing its total worldwide to... 11 million dollars um the machine in its second week uh, of limited engagement dropped 65.6 percent woof no burt kreischer no oh no your movie based on the one joke that you're known for do i still don't know what the joke's about i'm not gonna lie i've seen this shit before have you not seen the watch have you not seen that bit I'll I'll break about it down how he got you. how he got involved with the Russian mob. I yeah he went to like Russia he got like accidentally involved with the Russian mafia. He was on a and train. Then I think they just with, called and a bunch of like Russian mobsters were on the train with him, and like he had to it, they were they were kind of like busting his chops or whatever and asking him some yeah. shit in Russian, and he didn't know and he was just like <clears throat> ya machina. He's like, I'm the machine. And like, they thought it was funny enough that, you know, they kept, they didn't fucking beat him up. And so he hung around the the Russian mob for like a day or, you know, partied with them all night. And that was the only phrase of Russian he knew. So they, you know, he was like their little monkey for the evening. Like, yeah, do the thing. And they do the thing. And they all, they all all laugh. For Kreischer tells it better than I do because he's a professional comedian. Yeah, but like, I I feel like it's still not a great story. Like, yeah, it's it's it just a great story I feel that the beginning way. at the earlier days of the internet. The, yeah. the Bert Kreischer, I always feel like he he relies too heavily on the not wearing a shirt gimmick. It's like, dude, trust your material. <laughs> yeah, I he's his stuff is fine on its own if he's like talking about his family. Like that's just funny. Yeah, some of his uh, bits it, are funny. I'm not saying he's untalented. Yeah. I just like I don't need to see you perform shirtless. It's a gimmick. I I like I like like twenty or thirty percent of his bits. Like when you compare him, see he's such good friends with Tom Segura. Tom Segura is much always, funnier. I always see them together, and I'm just like, dude, just stop talking. I want Tom to talk <laughs> more. Like, <laughs> sorry, Tom Kurt. Segura gave us this, which is the greatest. <laughs> like and, <laughs> gesture I've ever experienced. His podcasts are so fucking funny. And honestly, like the implications of his podcast, he put Andrew Tate on the map. Like oh, no. it wasn't a good thing, but he's <laughs> the reason why Andrew Tate is now as popular as he is. He served up the tater. I mean, he's popular in the prison that he's rotting in right now, I'm sure. No, unfortunately Tate's out. <laughs> he's on house arrest though I don't think he can leave Romania because oh. the, oh, no. the investigation is still ongoing <laughs> the question is can he get pizza delivery 
Yeah, yeah, he can. He can at least if he leaves back. a big enough tip, is he gonna be able to get drugs in? Yeah, I, they they probably took his car still though. It's all evidence. Yeah. Imagine, imagine fucking doxing yourself with a pizza box. Oh, so good. So the machine machine has brought in nine point five million dollars worldwide. A paltry $174 million internationally. Um, so weird that Mark Hamill agreed to be in this movie. Like he does so little as a as like a physical actor. Yeah. And, I, and he picked this. I don't know if they're gonna make their money back on this unless oh, probably they get a good not. chunk of like selling the rights to play it. Cause I it took twenty million to make. So this yeah, and this was Does a, Sony... a twenty million dollar budget? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I guess this is Mark like, Hamill doesn't come cheap, I guess. It's the same this fucking This is like reason. Tyler Perry levels. I think this was the same scam that um, Adam Sandler was in on when he was making stuff for Sony. Maybe. They just have, I think they might just have lucrative comedy deals. Um, so you'll just sign it to on. the developmental product. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not going to make the money back at the box office, but. I don't know, maybe the streaming rights carried a decent penny and like I haven't seen the yeah. movie, so maybe there's some like product placement that they were able to, to squeeze yeah. money out of. There's a great thirty rock bit about um like this torture porn saw ripoff movie that one of the leads was was starring in. Mm-hmm. And um like it was a terrible movie that was going down in flames, but they crammed enough sponsorships into it that it was profitable. <laughs> and at the end, like the character goes to the executive character, Jack Donaghy, played by Alec Baldwin. And she's like, no one's going to want to go see this movie. It's like, no one has to. It's already profitable. <laughs> that's, that's the business of like, um, if you can, not necessarily with sponsorships, partially with sponsorships, but also if you can sell it to TV networks and now streaming services, obviously. Um, yeah, the theater just doesn't have to do... Uh, never the, For a certain type of movie, um, the theater does not have to do the... Uh, the uh, I want to say, like, the horse's load on it, but that's not, that's not the right term. The lion's share? The lion's share, yes. The horse's <laughs> load is something different. <laughs> that, that sounds like some sort of fucking fake sex movie you'd read about on Urban Dictionary. I am going to explicitly not Google that. Um, instead, you go into a dish of ashwagandha and slam it in her face. <laughs> it's the um, horse's load. Yes, and that hurts my feelings, <coughs> like you hurt my feelings. Which I guess is still in a. I don't know why it still has an estimated release. I don't know why that's up on it this week, but um, seven hundred seventy thousand this week. For a yeah. two-week total, uh, $3.2 million. Thereabouts, yeah. And running up the top 10 down three spots from the previous week is Kandahar, uh, which dropped out of 368 theaters in just the second week, only bringing in three-quarters of a million dollars. Uh, it's done okay. Everywhere else, oh, I mean, $5 million for a theatrical release is not okay. No. <laughs> Gerald uh, Butler is not a box office draw. He is He is very much a streaming draw, though. He's a, he is a red box office draw. <laughs> um, so 
So has I he been in a Redbox movie? Where is uh, Kandahar streaming? Where is it streaming? Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Oh. Kandahar. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I, no. Sorry, I might be wrong. I got that. Oh, it's um, Fubar. It's uh, streaming everywhere. So it's one. Of, they just said it's one of those um, all access sort of deals. Hulu, Prime, um, Netflix, maybe Max. It's probably YouTube. I mean, it'll go to streaming. Movies. I don't think it's currently on streaming. Yeah. Um. Um. So I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. If, if uh, they really tried to make this sell on a on a theater exclusive, that's. I mean, it appears to only be in theaters currently. That's a fucking gamble. Rated, it's also rated R. That's a fucking... Yeah, it's an action movie. That's a really movie. ballsy move. For an action what, movie? I don't think so. I would expect it to be rated R. No, like trying to sell it exclusively in a theater as a rated R action movie. Making an action movie rated R makes sense. Um, I just think you have to be really savvy with the money. If you like, whenever you make a movie, radar with very few, with some notable exceptions, uh, like Deadpool, um, like you, you gotta know ahead of time that, like, yes, you're gonna, you're not gonna be making as much money because you're limiting your audience. Or no, it was Logan, right? Logan came in as R rating, right? Yeah, Logan was rated R, and so was Deadpool. And so was Blade, and <laughs> I think Blade Two might have been PG thirteen. Um, but yeah, like I mean, you'll make you'll have less potentially less earning potential. See, the thing is, I don't think a lot of like people under seventeen were really like, breaking down the door to see Kandahar. <laughs> <laughs> that is that could also be true. <laughs> Uh, I think yeah, I think that's evident by it, it was uh, screened May fifteenth, twenty twenty three, in select regal theaters as Mystery Movie Monday. Yes, I I think I I remember reading a uh, a review of it. Yes, which one effect. did we, we? It wasn't. It was some horror. It movie. wasn't Kandahar. It was some yeah, some horror movie or something. We, I because I know we looked at it. Was it someone it mentioned like nefarious, it as the right? No. No, I feel like it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't a horror movie. It was. This is probably bankrolled by the Saudi Arabians. It's the second American movie to shoot entirely in Saudi Arabia. Well, Open Road Films too <laughs> is the yeah. production distributor, which I've never heard of before. Uh, yeah, Saudi Saudi is is trying to get into to everything. It seems recently, um, but they didn't get yeah, messy. They they bought out golf. <laughs> They bought they out bought golf, golf, and uh, but they couldn't buy Lionel Messi. He said, "Fuck yeah. you! I'm going to take less money and go play in America." They're sports washing, or trying to sports wash. I mean, they they saw that people still went to Qatar. Well, FIFA just happens to be the most like corrupt organization on the face of the planet. Yeah, it's a good good role model for for uh, up and. For a Saudi Arabia on the rise. Yeah. For our, our MBS, young little bone saw. MBS looking to his senseis for instruction. 
<laughs> All right, well, that's the top 10, and that's going to be the follow-up. Let's talk now some gaming news. Gamer news. Yeah, a lot, a lot going on this week. Summer Games Fest 2023 happening, happened, not quite sure. Um, but a lot of news has come out of that. Uh, and um, something that, that triggered my spider sense, as it were, is the presence of a new Sonic game. <laughs> Sonic Superstars has been announced. Um, it is a, I guess you would call it 2.5D. Well, it's a 2D game, 2D Sonic with 3D game graphics, yeah. with 3D graphics. I don't know if you consider that 2.5D or 2.5D has to have some sort of like Z-axis movement. Nonetheless, um, it it's a new new sort of art style. A um, lot of classic Sonic gameplay loops. Stage designs look pretty interesting. Uh, four playable characters, all in the retro style, so like old school Amy, um, Knuckles, Tails, and Sonic. And I get the gimmick here. I guess is or what they showed is uh, simultaneous co op, and it seems like each. Um, animal i guess each character has unique abilities that others do not that will allow them to clear obstacles or possibly transverse the stages in different ways so if you're not playing it might open up new routes if you're playing co-op um that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to reach uh, there might be some routes that open uh, specifically if like two things are done simultaneously so there's a lot of a lot of i think there's a lot of design potential for a, a real-time co-op can, sonic game with my big caveat is if they can tune it correctly um i guess the other thing i didn't realize um which is going to be an important question um considering sonic's history uh is it going to be single screen simultaneous or a local online or like online connection Remains to be seen, I Because that's I the, when I think Sonic multiplayer, I think of Sonic and Tails, um, sing, you know, shared screen co op. And I, the thing that was a problem, I guess, a problem with that, um, although they did some pretty good design to mitigate it being a problem, was that, like, if you're Tails, um, the screen didn't follow you. And if you went too fast, you were liable to just head off the screen. Yeah. Um, so, so it I'm looks sure they, like they, I would hope they would take that into consideration as would I the multiplayer. Um, and I, you know, I, I would like to say I have confidence, but, uh, Sonic kind of has a, uh, it's almost like a, a good, bad alternate release schedule. <laughs> like yeah. they'll come out with a good game and then the next one's bad. I don't know which we're, where we're at now. Um, well, the I last think, one was the Sonic uh, murder mystery visual novel. I guess technically, I was thinking more like big release. I don't. Did Origins come out after Frontiers? I think it did. Yes. Yep. So there's your bad. So this one's gonna be good um, if it follows <laughs> the trend. Um, it does look interesting. It, uh, Fang is is gonna be involved as a uh, antagonist. Uh, known for his role in the Game Gear title Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble, which has a a like PC port 
touch-up that kind of like reimagines it as a more proper Sonic game that I've been meaning to check out. Because uh, I, I, I wanted to play Triple Trouble, but playing playing a Sonic game on the Game Gear's aspect ratio is very difficult. <laughs> Everything's very cramped. Um, but yeah, so a uh, new new location, I think, or or one that we haven't. Uh, yeah, North Star Islands is the new location for this uh, this set of stages. Um, it looks interesting. I, I hope that uh, hope that it can be almost as good as Sonic Mania was. Um, I won't ask for better than Sonic Mania because that's it's kind of a tall ask. Even if some of the latter, there are a couple stages in Sonic Mania that I really didn't care for, but. <laughs> Fair. Um, cool. Uh, I, I will I will do mine. Um, Kurt so graciously gave this to me. I don't know if you read the story because uh, it is. I skimmed it. <laughs> pretty excellent. Uh, so again, uh, this is this is the payoff <laughs> for the setup earlier. In the show. Um, We're doing so a journalism. <laughs> we're there boys real journalists <laughs> um so we reported previously or we mentioned previously uh nick cage was going to be uh in dead by daylight as something as, as nick cage doing something um but now we have more details he was at summer games fest uh and talked about his character so um nick Nick Cage is in fact playing Nick Cage, um, and he is. There was some question about this we had uh, when we talked about it before, but he is in fact a survivor and not a, a bad guy. I feel like you could have done it either way. Why not both? Why yeah. not have him playable yeah. as both with different uh, move sets? I feel like he'd be a good good Dracula. Yeah, yeah, he could do. He could like as a as a murderer, he could have like you know his fake Dracula teeth from Vampire's Kiss, and. Um, like his, uh, I don't know. He was a protagonist in Mandy, so I guess whatever he used in Mom and Dad <laughs> when he was trying to murder his kids, um, you know, like there's enough to draw from. And as a survivor, he could have his the slap of God. I'll his be so, Mandy, I would be so happy. He could have his Mandy chainsaw as a survivor. He could have his his Wicker Man, uh, bee helmet. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um. So. And we have we have backstory for his character. So um, I like how he describes it as in the, this quote from him here. I play this heightened, exaggerated version of a film actor named Nick Cage. That's how he describes it. Um, Nicky smooches. But the backstory is he plays Nick Cage, who he thought he was going to do a horror movie, but he's actually in the. But it's actually real. I um, see. So he's going. It's going for one of those. I don't know. That feels like a classic movie premise. I yeah. It's like a, so, three, it's like a three amigos. That's my, that's my fucking point of reference. There's so there's actually a movie called My Name Is Bruce, which stars Bruce Campbell, and it's the, it's a similar premise of like a three amigos, um, where this town is is haunted by this this monster, and so they kidnap Bruce Campbell. Uh, I guess it's more like a Galaxy Quest sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's almost like a Galaxy Quest sort of um, situation. Yeah, so I, 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 um, my name's Bruce, Galaxy Quest, same sort of situation as this. Right. So, yeah, so it's him as as him who thought he was going to be in a movie, but is actually in the real horror. 
Um, so they ask him about like why, what was his motivation for being in the video game? Um, he loves Sadako uh, uh, from the Ring. It's one of his more favorite horror movie characters. So he's happy oh, that I was about to correct. You. I was about to correct you. And be like, you mean Sudoku? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was, <laughs> I was like, that did is, you, that's the true Peter. <laughs> um, so he he wants to be. So he he wants to be in the game alongside one along that. Um, he's got like I guess the, a family member um, also likes the game. So he's like, yeah, I'll do it for it. I'll be in the game for it. Um, and then he drops this fucking quote. Oh, it's so good. Um, where is it? See, I want you to know when you're playing Nick Cage Survivor, I want you to know that we're one. We're fused. So it was important to me important to me that everything I do everything I say from the scream to the grunt down to the most minimal exasperated expression of a sigh whatever it is it's my voice so that we are fused Go on. Uh, I can't players wait will be able to merge to... my essence with Nick Cage and <laughs> that by daylight fans will be able to uh, to fuse with Nick Cage on July 25th <laughs> Or earlier, if you are rocking uh, the PC test server. I really hope his Superman jacket is DLC. Like, I want his pink Superman jacket to be See, DLC. this is the thing. There's so much. He's done so many movies that fit into this kind of genre that there's so much you could pull from. Like, I can't believe it took him this long to have this idea or convince him to do it. Yeah. But, I mean, Nick Cage will Nick Cage. He does what he wants. And he wants. He, what he does, does what he wants, and it's all very important. He has a very. <laughs> he views everything he does as art, and I love that about him. <laughs> that's that's the best of us. That's Nick Cage, baby. That's Nick Cage. Um, man. so Twitch uh, revealed some guideline updates. Um, oh yes, I don't know. If this I've was... I've heard. I saw the I saw the moist critical video about how yeah. Twitch is dead. I didn't elaborate further because i've i've heard that before <laughs> so this this is bad this is bad it, it's not twitch is dead um but it is a this is a pattern that um <clears throat> i think with the uh you know say what you will about rumble and kick uh but with the competition of kick rumble and youtube the live, fuck are rumble and kick <laughs> Is Rumble like right. Twitch but for fighting? Rumble is Rumble is right wing Twitch. <laughs> okay, that you know what that yeah. explains. All right, that so the uh, they have super inflated numbers. They're like nobody believes them, but they're bring they're saying they're. I think they're inflating a lot of their numbers, um, and and they have like no. Uh, terms and conditions like you can say a lot of bad shit and not get banned where right. twitch you have a lot more stricter guidelines to follow the classic and like the, the classic far-right tos that is no yeah. tos <laughs> so Until we get in that's where the right for someone committing a like an actual yeah. crime and it's 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 honestly like rumble like even if rumble said okay we're just not gonna have a whole lot of terms of terms of service like it's just gonna naturally become a right wing Twitch because everybody who's banned off Twitch uh, is just gonna move to Rumble. Like Steven Crowder's uh, promoting Rumble, um, <laughs> and he promotes like exclusive content over there. So whatever. 
Um, we get ASMR of him filing his divorce papers. <laughs> yeah, right. I hope. Uh, if only. Uh, so Kick is the response to uh, Twitch banning uh, crypto gambling on on Twitch. So it is sp- it is uh, a backed and funded by Stake.com, which is the offshore's crypto gambling websites. So it has an unlimited money pool at its disposal, and this is how it gets new people into crypto gambling. So I I, I found Kick.com. Yeah. And uh, let me let me. Does it does it look similar? Well, let, does it? Uh, let me read to you the. Uh, it it does look similar. similar. To something I've seen before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I want to go over the featured streams real quick here. Uh, Aiden Ross has a stream of 61,000 viewers. Ain't no titled, Exposing Everyone and Everything. <laughs> oh, God. Is he going off again? I, Jesus. I guess so. I have no idea who this is. Um, Aiden Ross is... Um, oh, this is getting deep into the Twitch floor. Uh, Aiden Ross is a what you would call a W streamer. Um, he was friends with like Kai Sinat um, and a lot of like up and coming Twitch streamers until he was banned for um, promoting Andrew Tate and saying some really like not so great shit uh, about like and promoting Kanye too for whatever fucking reason. <coughs> I can maybe it's, guess. Um, you know it. It's where they 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 hide a lot of this like just kind of evil shit that they're spewing out under like oh it's first amendment dude it's first amendment bro like like you know as if a first amendment applies to social media websites and it just doesn't and people don't understand that it's like you you can't there are consequences to what you say you're not in jail it's freedom of speech it's not freedom of consequences like exactly you say, exactly and these are private companies that make their own terms of service they publicly say it they're not like they're not like pulling a fast one on you be like hi you didn't know about this one did you like if or, you if you want to go into your public square with a megaphone and shout your heinous bullshit yeah. you're free to do so <laughs> yeah yeah you might get yeah and and you know you have to know what is public space and what is private property and this is a a content website it's a forum that is owned by a company a private company and they can choose whether or not to let you say on it and so kick is another one where their terms of service is super loose and they're not going to ban you Aaron ross is currently i think possibly being sued by the nfl for streaming the super bowl on his kick uh stream uh he showed uh porn he just went on Pornhub on kick.com and started like showing porn to people and he was like how old are you guys and a lot of them that were saying were like 14, 15 years old. And he's like, that's a, that's a crime. It's a, it's a crime. You yeah. can't do that. And he's not banned. So Real okay, quality regardless. content from this guy is what you're saying. We'll, we'll get back yeah, to the main, the main Most thing. of what I'm seeing on here is like, I mean, you have your typical Fortnite and, and whatnot, but a lot of it is like slots and casino stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, I think, what they're trying to promote uh, majorly is, is that the slots, casino stuff. Um, so with all of these competitors coming up on the, on the, on the spot, uh, they're, they're coming for Twitch and Twitch should not be trying to push their viewers or their, their content creators away. They, but they're, they're, 
in turmoil because Amazon wants them to continuously make money for them. They are not a very lucrative um, company. And they came out with this new regulation uh, to kind of control their big moneymaker, which is the ad revenue that they get. So um, they came out with this thing where they said, very vague statement of saying branded sponsorships are going to be like no longer allowed. Um, if you have, if you have something that is like, okay, like your logos cannot be 3% of the screen. And that pretty much hits everybody because 30% is a very small corner. It is a small little banner along the bottom. So that was really like, over the top and random number just saying three percent of the screen you can't have more than that yeah Yeah. like here which hits which not only hits streamers but it also hits like big companies like uh league of legends that want to promote their um their tournaments and stuff they have they're sponsored by themselves or uh, by logitech and stuff like that and they have major self-sponsored they also um said they're not gonna allow uh, embedded videos into your streams where um, during a lot of uh, streaming events you have an ad that's not owned by Twitch but owned by the streamer that plays by itself that you have to watch. <clears throat> um, and that's just like a pre-filmed video. That's, is it, uh, is it just in. that kind of embedded video or is it like any embedded video? Because I know there's a whole thing of like no. a lot of streamers will do like media share. So or for like the yeah, no, content? it's just it it's just like an ad advertised thing. It's it's specifically targeting like sponsored uh and, and ads. To touch on how small three percent is of a standard like say you're streaming at ten eighty P, three percent of that would mean that your logo would be limited to fifty eight by thirty two pixels. For um, for you somebody on, your on screen Twitter right now, Kurt, how can you indicate how big that looks? Um Somebody on Twitter, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody on Twitter like um, made a diagram of like what the different layouts could be and how big they. Could, they it, it was a joke. It was a so. All joke. I'm hearing is that when we pick up streaming again, we should stick on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's a uh, secondary part that I'll add on to this that I just heard today, um, as well. But I will get to the good news uh, to this story. <clears throat> everybody blew up. Everybody freaked the fuck out. They said it, we're leaving, um, and they and Twitch came back with this real quick. Uh, yesterday, we released new branded content guidelines that impacted your ability to work with sponsors to increase your income from streaming. These guidelines are bad to you, or bad for you, and bad for Twitch. And we are removing them immediately. Sponsorships are critical to streamers' growth and the ability to earn income. Will. We will not prevent your ability to enter into direct relationships with sponsors. You will continue to own and control your sponsorship business. We want to work with our community to create best experiences on Twitch and to do what we need to be clear about what we're doing and why we're doing it. We appreciate your feedback and help in making this change. Um, this is, bubble, I think, bubble, the second response. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the second response. I believe their first response was, which I think it sounds like it's it's removed. It was fuck you? Uh, <laughs> was no, it was um, uh, hey guys, it's not that bad. You're missing. It, you're, this, this is misinterpreted. 
we're sorry it's so vague. It's really not that as bad as you're making it sound like, but it's just being misinterpreted. We're sorry for the vagueness. I'm sorry and that then you the don't, CEO, that you're reading it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Doofuses. Um, and then the CEO actually came out on a stream that he did because their CEO is chill like that. And uh, he like plays piano on, uh, on Twitch sometimes. Uh, he came out and directly said, yeah, we fucked up. We, we came out with a super vague statement on content rules that were not only vague and misinterpreted, but they were also a bad idea. They were just incorrect. Um, so we're, we're, we're rolling them back. Uh, it seems to have appeased some people, but you know, there's also subtle things in here where um, if you break contract or if you, you leave contract and there's still money in your account somehow, they take it as like a, 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 a leaving fee. Uh, it, it, it's just trying to like fuck over people as much as possible and like flip the couch cushions over to get any coins that might have been <laughs> fall- stuck in there. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very like penny pinching. Um, and then I, I guess they also kept in this new content change, which is uh, they are uh, going to try to restrict uh, simulcasting. Uh, I think that's what it's called. Or yeah. uh, s- simultaneously streaming on other platforms. We used to do that. For a partner. So, like, yeah. We used to do YouTube and Twitch. And now, um, I think partnered streamers... I think it only matters for for partnered streamers. Yeah, if there's some paid. sort of exclusivity to partner... Yeah. I mean, in their TOS, there is an exclusivity clause for uh, being yeah. partnered. But like, but like streamers like, uh, and I think a lot of these kick streamers are probably simultaneously streaming on kick and Twitch. Um, because it's like, why not? Yeah, you that, know? that was um, exactly why we did it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ninja has, uh, is, is the main person kind of affected by this. It affects Ninja and small creators. That's it. But Ninja, uh, per- said no to a Twitch exclusivity deal. Um, because he said, I'm just going to be everywhere. And he simultaneously streams on every streaming platform there is. YouTube, TikTok, uh, probably Facebook gaming. Yeah, I thought he um, had like some Twitch. sort of deal with Facebook gaming. It was kind of big. It was one of, I don't know if it was Ninja or, or Shroud or one of the bigger streamers. Yeah, sure. But yeah, so that was um, that was the last little tidbit that I heard today um, that I, I think people are really annoyed about. Um, and it's, it's just stuff like this that it's like, why? Like, oh, you know, you're, you're pushing your content creators away without, without your workers, without your content creators, you have no content to advertise. So, you know, priority number one, keep your creators around, incentivize them to use your platform and then, you know, brainstorm different ways to make money off that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like their parent company is hurting for money. That the the content is the product, right? It's the product to get you in and get viewers in and uh, allow ads to be sold to them, right? That's the whole model of these things. Um, So if you're fucking if you're fucking over your con your uh, product, which is your community, um, what are you gonna fucking expect? It doesn't ha- it doesn't help that like this has been a year of big changes. They got their new CEO. They made they made some smaller minor changes 
<clears throat> they did a big thing with their ads as well, where they they increased the um, basically every partnered streamer has to run like a three minute ad uh, a couple times an hour for what um, and like just for whatever ad roll that yeah. oh like Twitch like inserts ads. Ad. Like Twitch yeah, so ad like time? okay, if, I thought you meant like you they had have... to do like a sponsored ad read. So like, shit, so like, so like I, yeah, no, no. So I watch, um, I watch Hasan Hasanabi uh, on Twitch a lot, and he'll make a big thing about it every hour. He has a really good deal with them, where every hour he has to run a three minute ad, and every thirty minute he has to have an he has an automatic ad that that plays, and it's only a minute, but. I think when you log in, if you're not subscribed, uh, you go onto their thing. It's like a, it's like a minute, minute or three minute long ad that you have to watch. It's it's kind of nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's I, a good amount of ads that they have to run. I feel like ever is it me or is it just like all the online um, companies, all the web the web companies decided like right about now was the time to na- take the next big step in shittiness. I think I, it's the bubbles kind of bursting. I think they need to get more money infused into them. Yeah. To stay so afloat. You're, think, you're I, thinking yeah, like and it's time for uh, you know, it's time shit's starting to hit the fan. And But it's also it it's also like the crux of capitalism where their shareholders are expecting a certain yearly increase time and time again. And I think at a certain point they plateaued or COVID boosted them up so much that they're they're, they're well, not that's willing the to one that always gets me. Top of the bubble, right there, and when it pops, <laughs> yeah, that's the one yeah. that always gets me. Is like you have like a record year, and then you have a year that is still higher than like your previous years, but doesn't top your record year, and like that's viewed as a absolute failure. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's a failure by the company. They're like, oh no, you have to keep those numbers. And it's like, in order for them to keep those numbers, they have to fuck over their clientele, and then they end up going out Any, of business or, or, or merging. The, yeah, whenever when a company makes their IPO, um, they've signed their death warrant. Like, it'll happen eventually. It might take a long-ass time, but eventually the company is going to die because it's impossible to grow in perpetuity. Not to mention... And I don't know the legality of this. I'm sure there is. Twitch uses the Amazon uh, servers. So does Amazon half the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To to run their platform, and I'm pretty sure they pay for it. Still, they probably pay a reduced cost. If Amazon wanted to, they could just say no more. You don't have to pay us anymore for it. And artificially inflate their numbers just by like a policy change. If you're owned by us, you don't have to pay to use the the servers. Yeah, but then they would affect the balance sheet of Amazon, and Amazon's the bigger company with the bigger market cap, so that would be more. How much is that affecting? I don't know, Jake. I don't think Twitch is all that big. I, I mean, who knows? It might be, but like, if Amazon's the one saying to Twitch, like, you need to bring in more profit, and Twitch is like, okay, well. Here's his easiest solution is this right here, and they're like, no. Yeah, I could. I'd like buy they're it. Not going to subsidize their <laughs> own um, child company. It's like then, then everybody should. Like, oh, oh, whatever. 
Yeah. Well, it's it's that's a lot of a lot of business. Too much business. Business, for me, business is weird like that, where you can be like I used to work at a division of a company that was an internal supplier to another company or to the company itself. So like we grew, we, I worked in crystal growth. We grew crystals that went into lasers and, um, we you could only to, sell you to, to ourselves, but, yeah. but they were under no obligation to buy our stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> Business is weird sometimes. Backass words. It doesn't help that like streaming stuff and like internet shit is like all weird, anyways, because there's not like a. It's hard to conceptualize a product that you're getting. Um, Like Mixer, Microsoft was just like, all right, poof, Mixer exists now. We're infusing fucks ton of cash, and we're we're signing Shroud and Ninja and all these big names, and then they went under in months. And they still had to pay that money out. And it's like, what? I miss Mixer. (laughs) What the fuck? Um, And sometimes it's like, sometimes it's like running a coffee shop. Yeah. Business, baby. You got to figure out what to do. Business, baby. You got to make that morning brown. Make that morning brown successful. So, like, I think they learned, we're reviewing Auntie Donna's uh, Coffee Cafe. the, the so this is, is almost probably a, a secret editorial, but this is, we are yeah we are reviewing Auntie Donna's Coffee Cafe. This is probably like one of the weirdest things that we're reviewing because like I I I venture to guess that the majority of people who listen to this show will not have easy access to watch this show. Yes, um, unless unless you have like a, a what a VPN. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't, like, I don't know what, I mean, they reference the, the iPlayer, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you can look into that. Um, I don't know how you can watch this if you're outside of Australia. Well, I know, I know how we watched it, but, um, I, uh, I'm not at liberty to discuss, uh, how we obtained our copies. We got the kangaroo connection. We know somebody. Yeah, we, I know a guy or three guys Um, as it were. Regardless, uh, I mean, a lot of the so part of this is that a lot of their stuff, a lot of the skit. So this 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 show is kind of a hybrid. It's it, it is kind of the Auntie Donna show formula where it's uh, the same thing they did with their House of Fun, where it's a a small kind of through line to the episode with sketches, some in in uh, set sketches and some cutaway sketches. Uh, interspersed during it. And a lot of the cutaway sketches, I believe, are also included on their YouTube for everybody to watch. Or, or alternate versions of them are on, on the YouTube channel. Um, extended versions, in some cases. Auntie Donna, an aside here, Auntie Donna does have a in, very interesting type of um, content distribution, where they almost release like the equivalent of albums, right? Because they'll do like three or four uh, ten minute, ten to thirty minute segments in a in one setting. So they'll do like the nineteen ninety nine, which was the office one. Yeah, the, the school gl- setting. Glenridge Secondary College. Um, yeah. the, uh, the haven't you the, haven't the you done well? Preview to Coffee Cafe, which was um, trendy coffee place. Yeah, haven't, haven't you done well? Just the, stuff like uh, that. 
Aussie and this summer. This is the latest in those where it's whatever. like six 30 minute episodes with, with all their new material. Yeah. Um, I feel like this, the show more so than uh, Big Old House of Fun was more like narratively driven. Like the, the yeah. through line through the episode was really the driving force of the comedy. It felt a little more like a regular sitcom. I think they learned a lot about uh, how to adapt their style of com- comedy to a television show from their experience on Big Old House of Fun. And this coffee cafe felt like a much more polished version of an Auntie Donna television show. Yeah, yeah, I'll say. Um, yeah, definitely more serial. Uh, is it serialized? Yeah, uh, episode. Yeah, serialized. I mean, that's, or the other I, one just I know what you, episodic what you're skit. At there, yeah. Where it's not. It, Big Old House Fun was very much a series of it was what I assume like a live show would look like. <laughs> Where there's a very loose through line, like a very loose through line, and a lot. It was kind of bits. House of Fun was kind of like Mister Show, and that all the sketches were loosely connected, but like it was very much driving to the next sketch, and there were a lot more cutaway sketches in alternate locations than there are in Coffee Cafe, where most of the stuff is kind of like happening in the cafe and um yeah mm-hmm. I, I i thought there was i mean it was overall quite funny i i enjoyed it i f- i don't i For i me, feel I like i don't to... know the, the fact that i don't know all the the aussie celebrities that made cameos i think made the a uh-huh. little more uh palatable i guess than like some of the like over-the-top cameos in uh, House of Fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this one needs to, for me, I think it needs to grow on me a little bit Um, because there there are some some gems in there for sure. Um, But there are some, with with this new kind of uh, format, I guess, um, there are some more valleys than than I usually would would think of an antidote. I think there's a lot of they're doing with this time around. They're doing a lot of um, the awkward, like awkward humor, where the the joke is derived from them not being like eloquent, and you know, where they're kind of like, <laughs> fucking kind of like I'm doing right now, where um, <laughs> the line delivery is just like, you know, the comedy is that the line delivery is not great, and they're just trying to make like awkward. There's a lot of awkward conversation and long silences, which isn't really what they've done before, at least during their internet um, uh, age. Right? Those Um, those skits online were very, uh, very snappy. There's not a lot of space in between the dialogue in a lot of those. I don't know. I feel like PUD is a lot of space in between the dialogue of just mugging. And they have a lot of other sketches that are basically just a lot of mugging. <laughs> I think I, I I think one thing that sold me on this more than maybe House of Fun, I because I like this a little bit more than House of Fun. I'm in the same boat. Um, was um I, I don't know if this one had more reoccurring characters that they could kind of build off of, but they had a, a cast of reoccurring characters 
that kept showing up. Or just up, characters yeah. in general that kind of matched their energy that they could play off of. So it wasn't just the them playing off themselves, you know, all the time. Which don't get me wrong, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But this added a nice little spice to it where you have uh what was the guy's name? Rake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I the think barrister? Was, like your version of law and order. Uh, yeah, he's on some sort of Australian <clears throat> procedural courtroom drama. Yeah. Yeah. So you had her you had him, you had um uh I guess her name is Michelle Brazier, who was like the one of the um uh common people, one of the locals who came in and, and always got coffee. You had Stephanie, oh, yeah. who was the she's been a, the new barista. She's been in a bunch, kind of like a mainstay. Yeah, the, they the they were crew. Like they were able. Oh, okay. They were able to bring oh, in okay. her and the the bigger girl, um, whose name I don't know. Um, yeah, are kind of like frequent. The, I guess they're like tangential members of of Auntie Donna, right. and I feel like in this show they were able to because they were local and probably cheaper, uh, convince. Uh, ABC, not not American ABC. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were able to convince ABC to uh, let them use them in their show. Where I think Netflix wanted like more famous people that Americans would recognize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. A- and as a result, you know that established chemistry worked better. I'm interested, like. Watching this show, this is a again another side thing. Like it, this kind of ties into it, like what you said about you know the, the casting choices and who who the general production. What are the Aussie censors like? Because they definitely dropped hard f bombs with no bleeping, but then at the Cunty like episode five, it's the Cunty Awards, <laughs> and they bleeped every instance of that out. Which is especially so weird because in Australia, that's a they like it's a pretty low grade swear. That's a colloquial. It's not word, even yeah. like a swear. It's like, buddy. <laughs> yeah. It's like ah, you can't get over here. It's like crap. Yeah. Is here, you know. So it was that that kind of struck me as interesting. Like, what is what is Australian broadcasting like? <laughs> what is the? There are a lot more permit. I've, I've noticed that like TV? European. Well, I guess Australia is not in Europe, but. You know, like the foreign European and Oceanic uh, network television seems to be a lot more, uh, or I guess I should say a lot less puritanical than American television. Yeah. And I, th- I think that just comes from there being a, them being less litigious as a people. It's, it's harder to file lawsuits in. <laughs> European courts than it is in American courts where you can right. sue anyone for anything at any time. Which is where um, a lot of standards and practices shit comes from. Yep. But that being said, yeah, the um yeah, the show itself I don't know, they're they're in good in good form. I'm guessing this is going a lot of the stuff that they a lot of the jokes that they do here are gonna be jokes that they're gonna do on their tour. Would be my guess. Yeah. They'll do live versions a lot of these bits. Um, I guess. I mean, there's again, there's never a huge amount to say with comedy stuff. Um, uh, it I mean, was it was generally funny. 
Um, I he feel does have a good like he way where it's like a lot of, like a lot of good Aussie humor is that's very down to earth, very relatable humor. Like the, there the were, there are a lot of is... memorable bits, like um, the premise of one of the episodes, and like it's actually a premise that drives the whole story. It's that's why it's kind of different. Is they get a bad review from a reviewer, and they invite the reviewer back to try and improve their score, but you know everything goes to chaos. And I love it. Well, they they the employee they hired is like talking to Brody. Is like I'm so stressed. <laughs> I'm going to turn into a one-dimensional character. <laughs> he just goes there off were, and does his Broden thing. <laughs> <laughs> there were some there, there were some really good play on words uh, that I liked in, in these that, that centered around those. <clears throat> the whole judge lawyer uh, bit. I guess they call their lawyers barristers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're baristas. <laughs> yeah. So barrister barista. Yeah. Kind of that thing. whole episode, they just really went all in on the meta. Yeah, like they, that, they, they, I love they really that episode. Was great, full surreal with that one. When when he came out and like when did that play on recess? <laughs> yeah, I just love I love that that like B plot is continuing <laughs> through the whole thing. It's just Mark trying to like not get on the sex offender registry for this bit. That was. <laughs> That was awesome. I love that. <laughs> We're gonna let you that go. <laughs> I don't want to see you around here again. <laughs> right? He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he walks. He fucking walks in. Like, oh, Mark, wait, no, no. I'm, I'm not gonna rap. I don't want to rap right now. It's been a weird day. <laughs> they they do do that a lot as well. Um, which is they'll take two or three running jokes and like layer them over each other at the same time. Like, they'll do the, uh, I think the one for me, I think the funniest one for me was the arcade montage, where they're layered yeah. in, like, it's the arcade montage layered in with Broden Kelly's, like, PTSD from missing his eighth birthday, <laughs> with, like, uh, like the jokes with the extras in the middle of the montage, and they'll just, they're just doing these all at the same time, so it hits you like this, these just waves of comedy. Yeah, the joke composition... I'd say the joke composition was much more sophisticated in this this series and much more in line with what you expect from a good anti Donna sketch uh versus yeah. uh a house of fun was kinda like more basic concepts. Like here's a here's a crazy barbershop. Not to say I'm not trying to shit on House of Fun. There are mm-hmm. legendary sketches in there. Like the Family Person, Feud yeah, one is great. I, the like uh, said, the infrastructure shit. <laughs> yep. For I mean, for me, um, I'm gonna have more at least for a while. I'm gonna have more quotes from House of Fun than um, uh, Coffee Cafe, Egg, Egg Helms. Although I do think that, uh, and more so the extended version of the skit on YouTube, but the uh, World Championship for people who are bad at knots and crosses is maybe that my is, favorite sketch now. <laughs> that's one of the standouts for sure. That was a good one. I got that pulled up right now. Oh, the extended version on YouTube is so much better because they do a whole lot of like Mark pointing to the the square to pick to win. And that's that's the thing is like the those skits they show up in part on on the show, and it gets you like a taste of like you know almost like. A portion of the jokes and it's that is that is a little weird 
Like it's enough to get the impression across. Um, it is. It is kind of weird, but I. I kind of think it's. It's. I gotta imagine it was kind of a, a conscious choice to be like, if you want to see our more like uh, just like our straight sketch comedy, go to our YouTube. We're gonna try to do a different thing with the show. Try to Where try to draw the, the humor a different way. I think one of them was they took the um, the Bucks sketch. Uh, and they turned it into a like they broke it up into a B plot. Well, the or, I think the the buck sketch that's on YouTube is bloopers, because I guess when when uh, Zach got got into that character, he just went for it and had like a went. lot of material <laughs> that they could. and those and those are fantastic. Oh I, yeah, that that fucking that blooper reel is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think I. You're talking about the Bucks and uh, Bucks party, yeah, the, with the go kart safety um, guy. Which I was like, oh, bachelor party, okay. It's like, yeah, Jake, I, I you're the only you're the only one of us who had a bachelor party. Uh, how does, I was it, how like, does it compare? Uh, it's a little bit different. Is it? What well, well, <laughs> was the premise? Because the premise was that they had they introduced this with the blooper reel. Uh, they had gone to their friend's uh, bachelor party. And they noticed that a large part of bachelor parties was sitting in a room with a slightly affable man who gives you a lecture about safety. Was that your experience? <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I will say, I guess it happened once, technically. Uh, and that was with our, the first night where we went on the boat. Mm-hmm. And I guess they did have to talk about safety before we went on the the little booze cruise oh, around Baltimore, you know, in the middle of an ice cube, um, but <laughs> it's cold as beans. but I could definitely see where that's a very consistent thing. Um, I I guess after the third time, I was just like kind of over it. But the first couple times, how they were just like repetitively saying like, "Oh, just wait till you get to the next place." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Who's the who's the groom? <laughs> oh, because we got a. We got a frilly little thing to put on your head. Oh, oh you're gonna look stupid in that. Again, like the bloopers oh, are, are so good because, like, they're going. He the other joke in that sketch was that like he wildly over exaggerates the dangers <laughs> of these mildly like risky activities. Like he's talking about, yeah. they're talking about go karts. He's like, yeah, I've seen a man's head <sighs> fly clean off. Here in a go kart, yeah. <laughs> yeah Called the. <laughs> He's he's engaged. Had to call call his fiance, tell him the wedding was off. Why did you make the call? Why did I make the call? Because that's what a soldier does. <laughs> he like and breaks he, halfway through it. <laughs> just couldn't hold on to it. And I I agree. That was I, I wouldn't be able to fucking hold that. Oh my lord. Um, yeah. So it's yeah it's a it's an in, interesting series. Um, if you are a fan of Auntie Donna and can find it, uh, definitely worth watching. Yeah, okay. um, I would not make kill more. yourself trying to find more of it. It does. Yeah. It does say, um, through my sources, it does say that the show is currently continuing. It is not yet ended. Um, oh, so they so might get like another. Se- they might get a second season of it. That's I, I unless think they this get would canceled. Do well. <laughs> I think this would do well um, with a couple seasons. I, I would see that. Yeah. I just think they have to give the, give themselves time to like write it all out, not force them to like 
half-assed jokes. Right. Because oftentimes, but, uh, like, the, season two is when a show can really come into its own. Yeah. It If it if any troupe, comedy troupe, is is uh, one that I'll trust to do it right, it's Auntie Donna. I think they are... They're, they're consummate professionals. They're for it. They're, they're good. Yeah. And, like, you know, this this has this has legs like the miracle workers improv group has had you know several seasons now that's still going daniel radcliffe and steve buscemi don't need to work at all but they continue to do it because they find it fun (laughs) and i I think it will be a similar situation with this and uh we'll be in a similar situation next week when we come at you with the the next edition of the show that's going to be a wrap on episode 370 um i don't know if we're going to be doing transformers next week or what um flash will be the week after it because i don't want to move the show again (laughs) i'm excited for flash but i'm not spider-verse excited for flash (laughs) yeah yeah sam i i man people are hyping that up Apparently, we're uh, going to forget. We're going to forget Ezra Miller's crimes. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it enough to forgive his crimes? Forget or forgive his crimes? Um. So, so we'll see about that. Um. But whatever we do, uh, until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's nineteen ninety five. Peace. Bye bye.